Section 12 of Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bob Gonzalez. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 2, Section 12. Excerpts from Beowulf. The spear-danes entrust the dead body of King Skilled to the sea, in a splendidly adorned ship. He had come to them mysteriously, alone in a ship, when an infant. At the hour that was fated, Skilled then departed to the All-Father's keeping, warlike to wend him. Away then they bear him to the flood of the current, his fond-loving comrades. As himself he had bidden, while the friend of the Skilding's word-sway wielded, and the well-loved land-prince long did rule them. The ring-stemmed vessel, bark of the atheling, lay there at anchor, icy in glimmer, and eager for sailing. The beloved leader laid they down there, giver of rings on the breast of the vessel, the famed by the mainmast. A many of jewels, of fretted embossings, from far lands brought over, was placed near at hand then. And heard I not ever that a folk ever furnished afloat more superbly, with weapons of warfare, weeds for the battle, bills and burnies. On his bosom sparkled many a jewel that with him must travel on the flush of the flood afar on the current. And favors no fewer they furnished him soothly excellent folk gems than others had given him lone on the main the merest of infants and a gold-fashioned standard they stretched under heaven high over his head let the home currents bear him seaward consign him sad was their spirit their mood very mournful men are not able soothly to tell us they in halls who reside heroes under heaven to what haven he hide. They guard the wolf-coverts, lands inaccessible, wind-beaten nesses, fearfullest fen-deeps, where a flood from the mountains neath mists of the nesses netherward rattles, the stream under earth. Not far is it henceward measured by mile-lengths the mere water standeth, which forests hang over, with frost-whiting covered, a firm-rooted forest the floods overshadow. There, ever at night, one an ill-meaning portent a fire-flood may see. Mong children of men, none liveth so wise that wot of the bottom. Though harassed by hounds the heath-stepper seek for, fly to the forest, firm-antlered he dear, spurred from afar, his spirit he yieldeth, his life on the shore ere in he will venture to cover his head. Uncanny the place is, thence upward ascendeth the surging of waters, wan to the welkin, when the wind is stirring, the weather unpleasing, till the air groweth gloomy, then the heavens lower. Beowulf has plunged into the water of the mere in pursuit of Grendel's mother, and is a whole day in reaching the bottom. 
he is seized by the monster and carried to her cavern, where the combat ensues. The earl then discovered he was down in some cavern, where no water whatever anywise harmed him, and the clutch of the current could not come anear him, since the roof hall prevented. Brightness a-gleaming, firelight he saw, flashing resplendent, the good one saw then the sea-bottom's monster, the mighty mere-woman. He made a great onset with weapon of battle, his hand not desisted from striking, the war-blade struck on her head then a battle-song greedy. The stranger perceived then the sword would not bite, her life would not injure, but the falchion failed the folk-prince when straitened. Erst had it often onsets encountered, oft cloven the helmet, the fated one's armor. T'was the first time that ever the excellent jewel had failed of its fame. Firm-mooded after, not heedless of valor, but mindful of glory was Higelac's kinsman. The hero-chief, angry, cast then his carved sword covered with jewels, that it lay on the earth, hard and steel-pointed. He hoped in his strength, his hand grapple sturdy. So any must act whenever he thinketh to gain him in battle glory unending, and is reckless of living. The lord of the war-geats, he shrank not from battle, seized by the shoulder the mother of Grendel. Then mighty in struggle swung he his enemy, since his anger was kindled, that she fell to the floor. With furious grapple she gave him requital early thereafter, and stretched out to grab him. The strongest of warriors, faint-mooded, stumbled, till he fell in his traces, foot-going champion. Then she sat on the hall-guest, and wielded her war-knife, wide-bladed, flashing, for her son would take vengeance, her one only bairn, his breast-armor woven, bowed on his shoulder it guarded his life the entrance defended gainst sword-point and edges ecthio's son there had fatally journeyed champion of geatman in the arms of the ocean had the armor not given close-woven corselet comfort and succor and had god most holy not awarded the victory all-knowing lord Easily did heaven's ruler most righteous arrange it with justice. Uprose he erect, ready for battle. Then he saw mid the war-gems a weapon of victory, an ancient giant sword, of edges a doughty, glory of warriors. Of weapons t'was choicest, only t'was larger than any man else was able to bear to the battle-encounter, the good and splendid work of the giants. He grasped then the sword-hilt, knight of the skildings, bold and battle-grim, brandished his ring-sword, hopeless of living, hotly he smote her, that the fiend-woman's neck firmly it grappled, broke through her bone-joints, the bill fully pierced her fate-cursed body. She fell to the ground then. The hand-sword was bloody. The hero exulted. Fifty years have elapsed. The aged Beowulf has died from the injuries received in his struggle with the fire-drake. His body is burned, and a barrow erected. 
a folk of the geatmen got him then ready a pile on the earth strong for the burning be hung with helmets hero knights targets and bright shining burnies as he begged they should have them then wailing war-heroes their world-famous chieftain their liege lord beloved laid in the middle soldiers began then to make on the barrow the largest of dead fires dark o'er the vapour the smoke-cloud ascended the sad roaring fire mingled with weeping the wind-roar subsided till the building of bone it had broken to pieces hot in the heart heavy in spirit they mood sad lamented the men-leader's ruin the men of the weeders made accordingly a hill on the height high and extensive of sea-going sailors to be seen from a distance and the brave ones beacon built where the fire was in ten days space with a wall surrounded it as wisest of world folk could most worthily plan it they placed in the barrow rings and jewels all such ornaments as erst in the treasure war-mooded men had won in possession the earnings of earlmen to earth they entrusted the gold to the dust where yet it remaineth as useless to mortals as in foregoing eras round the dead mound rode then the doughty in battle bairns of all twelve of the chiefs of the people more would they mourn lament for their ruler speak in measure mention him with pleasure weighed his worth and his warlike achievements mightily commended as tis meet one praise his liege lord in words and love him in spirit when forth from his body he fares to destruction so lamented mourning the men of the geats fond loving vassals the fall of their lord said he was gentlest of kings under heaven mildest of men and most philanthropic friendliest to folk troops and fondest of honor by permission of john leslie hall the translator and d c heath and company publishers end of section twelve recording by bob gonzales tampa florida